Okay. Shark milk definitely I, sounds like a protein. Base. I was just yeah. shark milk sounds like a C four. Have you, are you familiar with C4? No, it's the like explosive? This, I've played no, Metal Gear. It's like a pre-workout powder. It's full of like B vitamins. I don't know. People at work talk about it and apparently you take it and then you feel the need to work out because otherwise you feel as though there are ants under your skin and the only way to get them out is to lift. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. My pre-workout powder is just peanut butter. <laughs> Half a jar of peanut butter before, <laughs> half a jar of peanut butter after. <laughs> and two Miller Lights during. Hello and welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and learning to love again. My name is Bob. And my name is Matt. And we're going to talk about video games. Uh, And part and parcel to that, (laughs) we're going to talk about how Matt has no love in his life. Yeah, I mean, at least for... I actually have been enjoying a lot of media of various kinds. I've seen some good movies. I've been watching some like really good TV. Um, Read some amazing books. I've played some video games. <laughs> it sounds like you've played a lot of video I've games. I've actually played like quite a few video games, just none of them for very long. Yeah, which is not good because they all cost money. Yeah, I've spent... I, I've been getting them on sale, which is, for whatever reason, like... I mean, we talked about Diablo last episode. I bounced off Diablo real fast. Yeah, you didn't I like got it. Hitman 2, which is good, but like... I can't fall in love with it. That's kind of how I felt about Hitman in the long run. Like I'll, I enjoy it in bursts. Yes, I look forward to returning to it. I also enjoy playing Hitman. Hickman. It's just a redneck bouncer at a club, a roadhouse. Actually, there is definitely like an overalls disguise in Hitman. I am sure in one of them, there's got to be like a disguise where you're just wearing overalls and like nothing else, and you are Hickman. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, but Hitman just like is it's it's fun with other people. Like as a social pass yeah. the controller kind pass the, of thing. It's, it's a great pass the controller yeah. game. I'm with you. Um, so like I, yeah, so that's like a good experience, but I don't like feel like playing it often. Mm-hmm. So I invested, I like broke out the switch being like, I'm going to get back into Zelda because oh. Zelda is the one thing I love. Truly. And then I went on the Nintendo store and I saw that they had Into the Breach. Ah, the new game from the Faster Than Light folks. Yeah, the FTL guys. And, and you I, love FTL. I like FTL a lot. I think FTL is like a really fun game to play on a plane, for instance. Okay. Like, I love playing, like, if I have my laptop with me, I will not do work, but play FTL instead on a plane. The real work. The real work of trying to get to the other side of the solar system alive. Yeah. I don't think I've ever beaten it. No, that game's very hard. It's very, very hard. I've gotten close, but it's yeah, the last the last stage of that is very difficult. You just come up against that big ship and it's just yeah. like, oh, this is all over. But FTL is a blast. It's a um, cool game. Yeah. And so I was very curious about Into the Breach. It's been extraordinarily well reviewed. People seem to love it. Everybody likes it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I think it's good. It is good. The issue is that it's kind of billed as a tactics game. Yeah, isn't it a tactics game? No, it's a puzzle game. Oh. So the conceit of FTL, or I'm sorry, of Into the Breach, um, (laughs) ITB, as we might might call it from now on, Into the Breach... Sounds like a disease in a way (laughs) FTL doesn't. Into the Breach is like this, like, uh, isometric... um, sort of it almost like recalls like the early front mission games do you ever play any of those uh yes yeah it looks like advanced wars or front mission uh-huh. but it's this isometric game where you are launched onto a playing field that's probably like i don't know like 12 by 12 or something along those lines okay and you launch in with like three three characters on your side and they each has like their own individual um abilities and stuff like that and then you have uh, like their own like reach, like they're there they can punch or they can shoot and or maybe they like catapult something, which they're is just different, different than shooting. units, different units. And then you have a bunch of like evil bug creatures that come up out of the ground, that and around cool. you are a bunch of buildings because you're in these giant mechs. Oh, so there's okay. buildings all around you. The bugs are trying to destroy the buildings, and you want to kill the bugs before they kill the buildings. The thing that makes it a puzzle game and not a strategy game is that you know what the bug's next move is 
because you are technically from the future. That's so you kind always, of incredible. You can it's a great idea. You can always see um one the bugs move one move into the future. Okay. Only one move. Right, right. So you are always trying to prevent the bugs. You're trying to kill the bugs, but most of the time you're just trying to prevent them from uh from being able to destroy one of the buildings. Are and you are you scored on like if you could beat the mission in one of two ways, like you could beat it and save all the buildings, or you could beat it and save some percentage of the buildings. Is it like yeah. that kind of a situation? Yeah, you okay. if you you have a certain number of buildings that can die in each larger area. Gotcha. So you can lose a, the buildings. Don't die, obviously. Buildings are non sentient creatures. They don't what? have a consciousness. But <laughs> except in this case, you know, uh, it's a uh, so you so it's very much a puzzle game. It is very much okay. like. A figuring out exactly what your next move is, move by move. There's always not, a right place you, to be. You can it is the opposite of XCOM or most tactics games, insofar as that you cannot wing it, or uh-huh. if you do wing it, like you are pretty fucked. So it requires a lot of a lot of concentration, and you can only rewind a turn once per map. Ooh, but you can rewind a turn. Yep. So it requires a lot of a lot of concentration, and you can only rewind a turn once per map. Ooh, but you can rewind a turn. Yep. You can oh, rewind one turn. But there's an average of maybe like six or seven turns. Um, it's fewer than I would have thought. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting game. It's it's probably a very, very, very good game. <laughs> I, for whatever reason, just like could not get into it. And I played a bunch. Um the advancement is really frustrating because you can you can carry over one of your pilots from if you die if you lose you travel back in time again in order to to restart and try and save restart the the entire the entire entire game yeah the entire game and you can bring one pilot with you i think this is awesome but your pilots die if they like they die permanently if um, if they're killed in action so you can and you, your pilots can only build up so much experience so they can only build up so many special abilities okay and so you can you can go essentially be kicked back to zero but like when you restart so i pull a pilot back yeah. i restart can i then go i'm not actually going to put that person in this round and instead i'm just going to take three rookies and then just like eventually build up a stable that. of high level dudes and then make yeah, a real run at it. You can, but the pilot's abilities only build to a certain point. Very quickly your pilots will max out. Which is sort of the disappointing thing. Are they like synergistic with other pilot abilities though? What do you mean? What is like what is the word what is this synergistic? I guess, you know, if you think about in like a uh, fire emblem, there's like that rock, paper, scissors component to it where you might be like, oh, this guy's bad against like no. bows, so I'll pair them with this other type of guy who's good against bows. No, and so then the, they can they all together. have the same abilities. They oh. all get more life or they get more movement. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, which is kind of like the there seems like there needs to be more variation there. The pilots don't feel unique enough. Mm. Um, it's it, like it's it's not a bad game because it is a puzzle game. It is the, what they're doing is that they're making it so that you can't you can't um, grind your way to a higher level. They're very canny about making sure that you can't grind to be better. Uh-huh. You have to. You have to play better. You have to be a better, better puzzler. Um, the puzzles are random. They're not the same not every sure. round. I think that they are randomly generated. Okay. Yeah, I think it's all randomly generated. Um, or at the very least, it's pulling from a very wide swath of various. The, the missions are different each time. Yes, the missions are different each time, and they have, in my experience, you might eventually repeat. It's like I said. It's a very, it's a very good game. I just, I like for the first hour of it was like, oh, this is really cool, and then I felt like I just like hit a wall where I was like, I'm not good enough at this anymore. It's kind of like Oberdin. It was similar to Oberdin, where like the tutorial, I was like, this is really excellent. Like this is a great idea. Yeah, so tight. And then I, I realized at a certain point, like, oh god, this is a great idea, but it's not for me. It's just harder and maybe more more of a thinking man's game than yes. your itchy trigger finger wants. Exactly. And I want something that allows me to fuck up and then like I like I like the Hitman game where when you fuck up it is fun. Yeah. I want it to be fun to fuck up. And okay. wow, this is really going to learn earn us an explicit tag. Yeah, we already got time. it. We got a couple couple up. I'll forget to put it on there. <laughs> um so yeah, I it's uh Into the Breach is a game. <laughs> 
And after that, I decided that I wanted, I was like, you know what game I like? I like Prey. Okay. Yeah, you love Prey. So I got the new, um, new. I think it's like about a year old now, uh, the Moon Crash expansion. Okay. Which is a roguelike, essentially, in which you are put in charge of four individuals that you are trying to get to escape from a moon base. But it's still played like from the first person, first person traditional prey. perspective. Yeah, you play only one at a time, and you play through the same, essentially the same space, the same same large open level. But if you start taking all the resources, like if you let's say you start and there's a wrench in the room where you start, okay. If my first guy picks up that wrench, then my second guy won't have a wrench there to pick up. Whoa. So you have to try and escape with all of them, but your resources become more and more scarce as That's you go That's great, along. but you learn the level better. But you learn the level better. So obviously this is like a game that is very much built to Matt's taste, like I, insofar as and as a conceit, that's very it's good. A, it's a very good conceit. That's a very good uh, expansion. Yeah, right. Because it's not for everybody, but it's a cool idea to explore with an existing framework. Yeah. So the reasons I bounced off this <laughs> new prey are one because I don't think the level design is very good. Oh, I think the ori- the the original the the um base game has very good level design. I love it. It's like really it's very Bioshocky. I mean, it's very system shocky. You know, it's a lot of environmental storytelling this kind of like gets rid of all that and is just sort of more interested in giving you a large space to explore and it feels very empty and uninteresting that's a huge problem when the entire premise is that the level is the game yes and especially when like like you see the whole place it's it's sprawling but like you see the whole thing pretty quickly okay there are some cool moments there was like i like found like i installed like a chipset that let me learn how to pilot a shuttle so i was able to exp- like ex- escape on like a a space shuttle that but I, then the next person doesn't get the shuttle but then the next person can't use the shuttle um so there's lots of like kind of cool little things that the game introduces and it doesn't explain its rules very well but i figured it out as i was going along the other major issue is that there's a time component <laughs> and it's across all four people and it is brutal. That does so sound it. I was enjoying it until I finally realized how the time component worked. Yeah. Um, and I was in the middle of my second playthrough and I was like, I'm going to get them all out of here. I did really well with the first one. It was really exciting. Um, it was like, it was very tense at times and I was having a good time in that very, uh, that sort of, um, what are these called? The simulations. Immersive, immersive sim. sim sort of way. I was immersed in this simulation. Yeah, you so were in the simulation. And then I realized on my second run that I was well over half the way through. <laughs> through like I, I was like, oh, that's how that corruption meter works. And I realized that I was like way through my time. And I was like, I can't get all four of them out. And I don't have an interest in doing it now because because I might as well like... just restart. And like being on a clock. Immersive sims don't benefit from clocks, in my opinion. Well, it sounds as though the way that you're kind of meant to play it is that you just keep playing the first character over and over, figure out every possible way to get out, and then on the last playthrough, you would be like, okay, the easiest way out is to learn the thing for the shuttle, so the last person's going to do that. Yes. And that kind of a thing, where you would have played the first part of it just endlessly, Yeah. so that then when you were like, I'm going to make a run at it, you would be super efficient with each of them yes precisely okay and And that does not hold an appeal for you it kind of lost me because first of all the level wasn't quite interesting enough and my favorite thing about immersive sims tends to be to like sort of luxuriate in the space Mm -hmm. and let the like tell my own stories in that space and my own stories are apparently somewhat slow (laughs) um and also here's the this is the really dumb thing uh none of these are necessarily critiques of the game they're critiques of my feelings about the game but the the thing that really bounced me off of it was that every time you restart it reloads the moon base and it's like a three minute load Ooh! and i just was getting really tired of that i wanted to like i if it's a roguelike i want to be in and out and in yeah and out. i wanted like that dead cells that yeah so um there is like a, a gradual progression that allows you to buy like you earn points that you can use to buy uh power-ups beforehand and stuff like that so you would you would oh that that kind of changes the calculus of it because it means it it gets easier every time it gets easier every time but i'm not necessarily interested in rushing through with all these people i want to take my time with each person i don't want to feel the clock and i I still think that like the clock seemed a little intense um 
but yeah, that so that was my experience with Prey, Moon Crash, and then I'll talk about my last game. I'll let you talk about games some more. No, you tell us about your you last. Let me tell you about my and, last and, one because I'm I'm just kind of loving the, the the increasing sadness as you go through this. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where I've I've played very few video games overall just because I'm not feeling like I haven't played much time. I've just played a lot of games, right? So, but I've been kind of. I've been working on like some creative ventures and when I'm working on those creative ventures I only have so much time in the day that I can put into that before I'm sort of creatively exhausted and so I am looking I'm actively looking for a game that will take up some of my time because it, I need something to unwind you need like a soak I need a soak exactly I need something like TV doesn't quite do it I need something that like yeah. I'm kind of excited to come home mild to. brain engagement exactly uh so as longtime listeners might recall, around this time last year, you left your Xbox at my place for a few months, and I played a lot <laughs> of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yes, uh, which finally came out in the PlayStation Four, and I thought, man, I, this game—I bet they've had a year to figure out how to make it work on consoles. <laughs> It's going to feel good. It's going to be great. It won't I don't be even, highly I, enjoyable, but totally broken, broken mess. Yeah. I bet the frame rate is going to be silky smooth because <laughs> that game looks like ass otherwise. Yeah, so you've got the power of the PS4 <laughs> Pro backing you up. Let's do it. So, of course, I didn't look at any digital foundry bullshit because why would I? Why would I do the smart thing? Uh, anyway, I <laughs> I downloaded PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Um and it still runs like a bucket of <laughs> glue. <laughs> uh, it's it's a little bit better than it was. Nice. That's honest. I'm sure that's just because the PS4 Pro is just pa- more powerful. It's slightly more powerful, and it can put. I I actually went and read the Digital Foundry write up on it afterwards, and they were like, for some reason, the PS4 Pro is able to produce better textures than the Xbox One X, but we don't know why because there's like. The Xbox One X has like four extra gigs of RAM. Yeah, it's that, much more powerful. Yeah, so it's like, but for the PS4 Pro version looks better for some dumb reason. <laughs> but it's like all tree textures. Well, those are the ones that matter. They are. That's what I yeah. felt like was lacking. Definitely <laughs> not. That it looks like you're like on a hover bike whenever you're on a motorcycle. Like, man, sometimes like it just will not. When you're spectating after a match, which I really like to do. Oh, that's cool. That wasn't in it back oh, when I was wasn't? playing a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, spectating is really fun. Yeah. Um, it, it's in some ways my favorite part of the game. I get that. <laughs> I just, I get to watch the hunger games basically. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's still pretty fun. I still like it. I'm not like itching to play it like I was then. Um, my issue with it now is that uh, my favorite thing about it back then was that I would always like jump off at some random time and just find a spot by the coast and I would then get a motorcycle and just drive around the coast and just like live. Yeah. You're, you're I would not a life engage. for yourself yes. and then, oh no, the mist is coming. Yeah. So I have to do something. I found it like very sort of soothing and yeah. fascinating. And then it would be like the calm before the storm and eventually like everything would go to shit. But I would really enjoy my time sort of like biking along the coast. And that's always been the nice thing about that compared to Fortnite, whereas Fortnite always felt very much just like you're in an it. action-ass action game. Yeah. Somehow, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds is like a meditative outdoorsman experience that then becomes a shooting gallery. It can be it can be half throw. Yeah. For every, it's very odd. Yeah. It can be very very strangely soothing. I'm with you. The sound of the the sound of the waves, especially, I actually really like the sound design in that game is just fantastic. Yes. The, it is easily the best part of it from a technical perspective is just that the sound design is exquisitely good and now that i have like a stereo setup like i can actually it's really satisfying to hear things coming from one one i'm sure hearing footsteps coming from like the right um super nice but uh anyway the there's now three maps and it cycles through all three maps in a way that like keeps me from getting to know any of the maps Mm. all that well and so that's a little bit less fun you just need to play more yeah, clearly. I mean, it, this rewards, like all games, it rewards more play. Yes. Um. So maybe I'll keep playing Battlegrounds. It's nice to, it's nice to be back in the Battlegrounds. <laughs> Very good. And not shooting at people. Yeah, I hope that that uh, rekindles the flame. 
Oh yeah. I mean there's there's like a, a PlayStation trophy that you get for making it to the top ten without killing anybody. Oh. And I got first time out. I yeah, got, you're just in a closet. I'm I am good at hiding. <laughs> I am the one who hides. Yes. No one will see you. The tall grass. Um Okay, well, I'm glad that at the end of this journey, you kind of came around to something. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I found something that I love, but it, I'm hopeful that I feel like I can find love now. Okay, yeah, you primed the pump for love. Yeah, something's something's got to come out. Are there any other big games coming out soon? Uh, no, but I've been playing a game that just came out. That right? just came out. Uh, so devotees will remember that. Years and years and years ago, we were excited about a game called Below. This was um, announced like in a first hundred podcasts, I think, back in two thousand nine when we <laughs> first like during our first hundred, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. When they announced the Xbox One, they showed a bunch of indie games, and one of those indie games was from Capybara, the folks who developed uh, Sword and Sorcery. Super Brothers. Yeah. Sword and Sorcery. Sword and Sorcery. Yeah. Uh, in, in spelling. And then uh, what else did they make? There's something else. They've made a few games in between. I think that they made like a Steven Universe game or something like that. Yeah. Um, but then they, there was something else that they made, but that's all kind of inconsequential. Yeah. Um, they've really been working on this for a long for time. For like the last five or six years, they have been working on this game. It was shown very shadowy thing it was like it's like a top-down dark souls and then kind of no other news about it and then it just went dark and they just stopped talking about it entirely and in the meantime we got a lot of top-down dark souls yes like which sort of soured my interest in below a little bit despite capybara being oh they made super time force super time force that's what it was cool game very cool game so this game just kind of was out there. Microsoft had initially talked about it, stopped talking about it. Capybara stopped talking about it. It was just this black hole. And then two weeks ago, they said, that game is coming out December 14th. Uh, I was excited because I was like, man, I've wanted to play that game. It looked cool. I'm just so curious about like what it could be. And like, is it just a train wreck? Like what kind of game spends five years in production and is not Red Dead Redemption 2? And, and what kind of game is it? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't read anything about it other than, like, those initial screenshots. Like, I kind of didn't know what it was. Yeah. Uh, so, it's Thursday night. I can't sleep. It's, like, 1030, and I go, I'll bet you that that thing comes out at midnight Eastern, which means I'll bet you that game comes out in half an hour. Uh, I get the Xbox out of the box. Where <laughs> I have not attached it to my TV in a long time. I get the thing out. I find batteries for the stupid controller that takes batteries. <laughs> I fire this thing up. My controller has started to make a weird whining noise when it's powered what? on. That doesn't seem good. <laughs> yeah, so it'll just be like, you'll be sitting there and you have to turn up the TV more because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> the entire time you're using it. That doesn't seem great. Um... I turn on the Xbox, it downloads an enormous update. It updates to an entirely new dashboard since the last time I used it. Guess what? It's very slow. <laughs> it is like so hilariously bad and broken. You're like, I want to look at my games. And it loads slower than the 360 ever did. It's just lagging. Whatever. I go to find Below on the store. Below is not listed on the store. There is a section in the store that says upcoming games. Below is not listed. I go onto the Xbox website. Below is listed, but it doesn't say that it's coming out. <laughs> I become concerned. <laughs> um, and I'm just kind of like poking around, and it really feels like Microsoft's kind of burying this. Like, I, I don't know if because they took too long to get it out, Microsoft kind of cut them loose, or like what that relationship is like. But it's pretty clear to me that this game is kind of being... Maybe a little sent out to die by Microsoft, right? Yeah. Um, it's a bad slot for it, you know what I mean, to come out this time of year with no promotion. Yeah, December 14th. It's is, not great. Yeah. Uh, so I'm feeling like this is not a good situation. Uh, 11 rolls around. I reload the store. It doesn't show up. I search, and it comes up. Previously, when I would search, it did not come up. It comes up. It is there, and it says it's 25 bucks or... Free with Game Pass. Game Pass is Microsoft's $10 a month service where you get access to a ton of games. It is crazy, actually. Uh, 
And so I'm looking at this thing, and it says, you get a free 14-day trial of Game Pass. Because I've never used it. And you download the games. You're not streaming them, right? You download them to your machine. That's pretty nice. So I go, okay, let's do this thing. I press the button for the trial, and it just goes, great, you're doing it. Do you want to download below right now? And I say yes. So I've not paid for this game. This is ideal for somebody like you who's bouncing off all these games. And it was one of those weird moments where I was like, oh... In the same way that I remember like when I owned a Wii U and just every game that Nintendo put out on the Wii U was just awesome. And it was this thing where you felt like Nintendo was clearly losing the sales game, but had used that time to actually like make the future. Like very quietly, they were just like doing everything they needed to do and they were making good stuff and they were like, well, we're going to be ready for the next round. Microsoft is there, dude, because they are going to sell you some Xbox in the next round where the entire premise, like there's no drive on it and you give them 10 bucks a month and I'll bet you it subsidizes the box and it's just Netflix and I'll bet you the machine costs like 99 bucks. Like, and I'll bet you that because they've been Mm. making a bunch of investments in streaming. Yeah. And like they are just primed to just be like, you get all the games for free. You give us, you give us 10 bucks a month. You're already paying for Netflix. Just depends on what those games are. This they have a lot of games on there. Yeah, but they don't have a lot of the. I I I'm definitely. I sound like I'm being confrontational and sparring with you, but <laughs> like they fine. don't have a lot of the games. Like w- any of the indie oh, games that yeah. are coming out are on it. Oh, okay. Like and they're coming out across all the systems, so you can either pay for them on your PlayStation or yeah. you can give them ten bucks a month, and you can. So the indie off. games are the ones that I actually want to buy. So I'm with you. That is the strange thing about this, right? Yeah. It's like right now I have not supported Capybara. So, anyways, I download the thing. Fire it up. This game is awesome, I think. I actually kind of don't know. Uh, the intro to Below, Below feels like an indie game from the 360 in that it's like stylized. It's like Zelda, but you're very pulled back. Your character is like Tiny, super right? small looking on the screen. That's what I remember from the early screenshots. Uh, I have a 55-inch television, and I'll be honest, like I kind of can't tell a little bit what's going on sometimes like it's it's a little too extreme like i kind of need it to be closer but set that aside right i could sit closer to my tv um it starts out with this like extremely long cinema sequence where you're just like up in the sky zooming in on an ocean and you can't even see anything on the ocean like you just see the shape of the waves and there's just like this heavy synth just like like all of the interface stuff is that really crisp sans serif like computer looking stuff where, and it all makes like very computerized noises when you're like clicking through it. Right. Yeah. But the game is like a Zelda sword game. You know what I mean? Like it, you have a bow and arrow stuff. Yeah. Like kind of, it's very dark. So you have this intro and it's just heavy synths, clouds, rain, rolling ocean. And it zooms in for what feels like five minutes. You are just zooming in from the sky and then eventually you realize that there's a boat and then the boat comes up on a beach and then the boat's tiny on the screen and you're like, man, you're really pulled back in this. And then a littler dude gets out of the boat and that's your guy. And you're like, that guy's so tiny. <laughs> um, like how tiny are we talking? And these are all pixel. It's all pixelated. I mean, right? he's probably like an inch tall on this 55 inch television. Okay. He's very small. And so you get off of this boat. There is no instruction. It is totally obscure what is happening. It doesn't tell you what the buttons do. It doesn't tell you anything. And you walk up onto the beach, and there's like a little campsite, and you go up to it, and it prompts you to hit A, and then you light a fire, right? Mm-hmm. And then that dumps you into a crafting menu, and then the interface like pops up, and you see that you have a health, like a heart for health, and then you have a meter for your stomach, like for hunger, for thirst, and then, like, for cold? Oh, like, so it's like a survival managing. game with a crafting system? Uh, you start out with a bow and a sword and a shield. And you're, like, kind of hungry and kind of thirsty. And then you just explore? Uh, I. You just explore. And then it's, like, one of those things where... This sounds great. Dude, it's... I kind of think this game's awesome. Does it feel good? It does feel very good. And it runs at 60 and it's nice. Uh, you like, I don't understand any of it though. Like it, yeah. in a way that even dark souls 
by the time I came to Dark Souls, Dark Souls was not obscure. Like, it is more so than Mario. Yeah. But by the time that I came around to Dark Souls, it was like everybody else had already beaten Dark Souls four times and was like... Really? Like, well, like the internet kind of... I knew what uh, it was. Because I got it I got it the week it came out. Yeah, I got it like not knowing, two not knowing weeks later. And, oh, okay. and even so, I feel like... Dark Souls was just so in the public consciousness. It did enter the public consciousness very quickly. That, like, you sort of knew... The president was playing Dark Souls. Yes, and we yeah. all remember when... when he Barack kin- Obama... He kindled the flame of the unknown soldier. <laughs> when Barack Obama <laughs> praised the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. And we knew. <laughs> that would be my dream. Um, so I got, like, this lantern, and then you get this lantern, and you go up to this big door, and... You shine the lantern at the door, and it opens up, and then you go into this cave, and then it just pops on the screen, and it just says, one. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Anytime I encounter the, the... like, There's campsites everywhere with those little fires. Yeah. If you light them, they go out, and then you're not prompted to light them again the next time you see them. And then there was one fire, though, where I had my lantern, I go up to it... Uh, and immediately before this, I'd killed a bunch of enemies. And when you kill the enemies, it looked as though like the enemies were like giving me a soul that was stored in the lantern. And mm. so then at this fire, it prompted me, and I was able to turn it blue by spending a lot of those. And now that one's always lit. I huh. can't like start again at it. But I did encounter an area down in the depths of the thing where I was able to go to a bridge, cut a rope on one side of it, completed the bridge, and now when I... And back on the beach, I can like get to that area more quickly through so a cave. It's, so there's a Dark Souls. Very ass. Dark Souls. Yeah. Like the whole world is contiguous, but you might not be able to access different how, paths. How big is the area outside of the the space where you go into the depths? Not huge. Okay. Like you can walk it pretty quickly. Yeah. So it's interesting still that it's there's like this preamble, right? Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm I'm playing. Uh, I go in there. I light this thing. I go into the next room, pops up the two, and I'm like, oh, we're getting into it now. And I'm just walking, and I step on a spike trap, and it insta-kills me. <laughs> um, what ha- I want to know what happens when you die. Fades down, yeah. fades back up. I'm getting off the boat again. So it's a roguelike. It is a roguelike. Do you, did you retain anything other than the blue fire? I don't think so, and I lost the lantern, and it's not up on the hill anymore where I got it initially. Oh. But all the doors that I opened are still opened. The bridge to like more quickly get to the area that's deeper in yeah. is still down. So I don't actually understand like what's carrying and what's not. The level seems to change. Uh, like It seems as though it's different when I go into the cave, but like I find corpses... I found corpses when... Because I've died on the spike traps twice. You, so I haven't gotten to play old, this You found your board. old bodies? I seem to have found my old bodies, which have all my gear. Can you take the lantern back? I don't think so. Maybe I like missed it. You know what I mean? But I don't have the lantern now. I can still collect like the souls. I don't know what to make of it. It's like this very genuinely mysterious thing right now. Can you level up at all and increase Seemingly your, not. your damage? Okay. Not as far as I can tell. You know what I mean? It's a lot of like, though, I'm crafting... Like, I've crafted traps? Huh. Like, well, Do you have to catch animals in order to feed your hunger? Uh, you can. Yeah, you do, kind of. I accidentally killed a dog because I thought it was an enemy, and I stabbed it, and then it started to attack me. Maybe it was a wolf? Son I don't know. Like, the whole thing is just, like, genuinely mysterious. Oh, I want this so badly. Then, so I died, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I should go to sleep because it was late. I exit to the menu, and I'm just like, I wonder what's in the options of this. I wonder if there's a way I can zoom it in a little for my old man eyes. Mm -hmm. I go in there. One of the settings is for lightning, and it says, like, true or false. I was like, I don't know. I think that might be because it flashes the screen when you're outside, Mm -hmm. and, like, that maybe it's, like, a seizure issue or something. So I was like, I'll just flip this, see what it does. Game hard locks. Freezes. Totally unresponsive. I have to go into the Xbox menu, though, like, pops up, lets me kill the game. Now, whenever I boot it, it just boots to a black screen. Does not run. What? Uh, I had to... I uninstalled the game, re-downloaded it, hard reset the Xbox, and now I can do it again. Did it retain your... It retained my save. Your save? But it's like... 
very strange. Like, did the, you try and and adjust the lightning again? No, I'm not touching any of those settings. Uh, so like, definitely seems like there's maybe a few bugs lurking mm. in there. Like, maybe it was kind of rushed out to get it out by December 14th. But after five years, for what it is, and I don't know what it is, it's kind of crazy because like the crafting interface is all is like you just have any three items. And like you'll click on one item, and then all of a sudden it will just sh- like f- fade out the other items that you can't combine with that item. So you'll have like, like you'll have that's a, a really nice system. A stick that's so simple. And then you'll click on the stick, and then it will be like, okay, you can combine sticks with sticks, or you can combine like spikes with sticks. You know what I mean? And then you can yeah. Like, so you start building these things and going like, okay, if I have three of these things, I can build this kind of a trap. I can think of about like twenty games that I wish had <laughs> that simple of a. It's all very clean. The interface yeah. is cool. It well, is that's what those guys cool. do so well. I am very curious. Like, I really want to play this. The level of obscurity is very high. And I don't necessarily know... Because right now, I just kind of like wander around and I just get deeper in. Like, I'm not, There's no... And the levels are confusing. Because like, they change... They're not the same. And sometimes I've been going, like, I'll go into it because it does like the Zelda thing of you're on like a screen kind Mm -hmm. of, and then you'll like exit out a door, fade up on the other, in like a new screen, quote unquote. Yeah. Will it, will it like scroll over the way? A little bit. Like it's, it's like that. Yeah. Uh, And sometimes when I do that, it feels as though like I'll go in one door and it doesn't quite like line up with the room I was in before. Or like suddenly I'll like go into a door and I'll be like, oh, I was just in this room. But like, was I? Hmm. And I can't tell if I'm like meant to feel like I'm losing my mind or if I'm just like, these levels kind of aren't that good. I think they might be randomly generated on some level. Yeah. So that part of it feels is making me a little wary. Yeah. No, understandably, that would really irritate me as well. Because I, I just kind of can't tell. Uh, but it feels really good. It feels good to like just hit the dudes with your sword. Yeah. Um, Better than Hollow Knight. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of like pleasant thought into the buttons where like if you uh, tap the shield button, he does like a parry. If you hold it, he holds his shield up. There's like a lot of like subtle variation in the buttons and the movement that's like totally not communicated to you. It's only on you to just notice that you can do it. I like that. Yeah. Big fan. I think I don't know if this is like a good holistic game but it's kind of awesome. The soundtrack is incredible. That's what the one thing that I have heard, because the the uh, Sword and Sorcery soundtrack was also Killer. just incredible. There's a, is the guy named like Jim Guthrie or something? I think like so. That? Yeah. But like... Composer. It's awesome. Uh, like, it's a lot of these synth things. The second time I respawned, though, it just like kicks in and it's like this guitar-driven thing. Yeah. It's very... That focus on like the music being really good and just kind of, I don't know what it is that feels so old Xbox about it, but it just reminds me of like Meat Boy Hmm. or something where it just feels like expansive and big and expensive and holistic in its design. Like the music is there, the game is here. Like we made this whole thing together. Yeah. And it just, uh, it's pretty neat. I think. <laughs> uh, but Game Pass is weird because I haven't given them any money for this thing. Yeah, does anybody get money from Game Pass? I mean, I assume that they're getting money from Game they Pass. They get something. Yeah, Xbox gives them something for leasing the rights to... Yeah, but I can tell you right now that Game Pass, regardless of your qualms, right? And like, we're probably not the people to go for this because like i don't pay for spotify i stream things on spotify and i go i like this and then i buy it yes so i might not be like the target right yeah but i can tell you that given that everybody else is just like whatever dude the music is free this is the future like you just see it this is how games will be distributed because like this is how all media will be distributed and the fact that microsoft is like there I, I feel very strongly that they're going to show up. And when they want to unveil it all, I'll bet you there's a streaming component to it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. This could happen at this E3, which would be insane. Yeah. Like, I feel like Microsoft is very much in the position of, like, the hardware doesn't matter. Game Pass goes across the PC and the Xbox. Well, Google's doing the same thing. 
Yes. They well, Google's doing streaming stuff, but, but Google doesn't have the infrastructure of like publisher deals the Xbox is very a true. Yeah, although they've got a they've got a publisher deal with with Ubisoft now. They have some sort of relationship with Ubisoft, yeah. but I feel like Microsoft is very well situated and yeah. using this the smoothness of it excluding the fact that my Xbox runs like a piece of garbage and the interface is terrible and when the game hard locked it would just like allow it to boot to nothing. Setting all that aside, they've got it down. <laughs> uh so I'm feeling good about below and I'm feeling like Sony is in a bad place. Like I think Sony makes great games right now. I like I enjoy using the PlayStation more. <laughs> But I feel like if Microsoft can package this in a way that is compelling, it will be a very difficult thing for a company like Sony to spin up a legitimate competitor rapidly. Yeah, that's a good point. Unless if they are working on it and we don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, they, must be, they must be canny of what the, the bone is doing. I think that they are, and you know they do have like streaming stuff, and they and they. Yeah, I've never tried it out, and I have no desire to. But this makes the PlayStation Plus look stingy by comparison. Obviously, where you get like two free games a month that aren't really ones that you necessarily even are invested. Well, there in. is a strange element here where right now it exists concurrent with Gold. So oh, really, like the PlayStation Plus equivalent is Xbox Live Gold. Yeah, which is another ten dollars a month. And that like allows you to play games online, gives you two free games a month, does all of the things that PlayStation Plus does, and then this is like an additional cost. Mm. So my thinking is that what you do is you go like future state, you give us fifteen bucks, you get the whole thing. Yeah. Like at some point gold you and play this online gold and, and this are the same. And like when you buy an Xbox, you are going, I'm giving Microsoft this money so that this thing is the box that gives me all of the content. Yeah. And that you just don't buy discs. And that's their pitch. I think that it changes like what types of games might be there or the way that those games might be structured because it really leans into the idea of like these games are seasonal. They keep rolling indefinitely. They're not necessarily finished in the traditional like God of War sense when they launch. But I think that Microsoft is moving in that way. And so that's where I think Sony could get caught very flat-footed is that God of War does not fit into this as a model. Like it just doesn't really play the same way. Whereas Microsoft being like, here's a stable of games. They've been buying out publishers. Here's a stable of games. We launch all of them. They're smaller. And then over time, we just keep adding stuff to them. That plays into this in a very like Netflix kind of, the content just keeps rolling. You dip your toe in whenever you want. Mm. It is what it is at that moment. And then you pop back out and go into something else. And you're never, you're never bound to something because you're like, I spent 60 bucks on this. There's a part of me that wonders whether that would just aid and abet the sort of situation where I'm in, where by virtue of of being able to bounce off of things, because my investment was never $60, because none of the games that I've purchased recently have been $60. I've gotten them all on sale or or really cheaply. I wonder whether I would just continue to bounce off of things. I think so. Way. But, but I think like, that we live in a bounce-off culture. And I don't... Yeah, I wonder whether that's what's keeping me from feeling comfortable with anything. is because I'm not giving anything the the due time that I would have when I was younger. And spending 60 bucks on a game, or spending any money on a game, was significant. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. Yeah. But I think that that's like... But that's... The, I mean, the culture is going there. I am just thinking about like my what's actually best for my ability to enjoy, enjoy games again. <laughs> well, anyways, this is ending <laughs> on a dark note. Uh, Have you played any more Red Dead? I played a little bit of Red Dead. Like I, I continued yeah. to play Red Dead. You still liking it? Oh, I love it. Okay. I don't think it's like the greatest game of all time, yeah. but I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it is Red Dead. Yeah. It's very singular. That's true. Um, are you curious about the story at all? What happens at the end? I have no idea. I feel like people are really into the story and say that it like just gets crazy at the end and is super satisfying. I'm enjoying the story. Yeah, and I mean, considering what happens in the first one, yes, that's a uh, I I am curious about it. I kind of wish I could just fast forward to the end because I boot, I've booted it up twice now, and I'll just look at the map, and there will be like four different story missions, and I'll just not want to do any of them. Yeah, there is that 
not a compulsion to do those things, but I'm willing to just force myself to do them mm-hmm. uh, because it is generally more enjoyable to sort of wander around. Yes. Yeah. I did a little bit of that more recently and it was, but you just need to say like, I'm going to power through these. Yeah. And just pop, pop, pop. That's the sound of your, your six shooter going off. Yeah, exactly. Shane's just cocking that gun. All right, man. Well, is there anything that you liked that wasn't video games? Cause you don't like them anymore. Um, I liked something that I was really not expecting to like. What was that? <laughs> it was uh, this TV show that's on the Sci-Fi channel that's uh, streaming on Netflix, too. It's called The Magicians. Oh, there's a book. It's based on... I've read the books. And I think the books are sort of interesting. I, I like the books. I definitely like the books. Um, and I think they're, they're really interesting in that they're kind of more about the evolution of one person's personality more than they are necessarily about, like... Magic. About magic. Like, Harry Potter is the same from book one to the end of book seven. He just he's, goes on the hero's journey, but he is essentially, you know, the same person with the same, with the same sort of um, beliefs. And he's still a Gryffindor, right? Yeah, but he grows up. He grows up certainly, but he he doesn't like the the magicians is much more about like a a significant the the trilogy is about like the the evolution of a, of a human being in a much more significant way, and that like growing up is much more much more difficult and much more fraught and much more um, complicated. Okay, and it's uh and in that regard, it's often described as like Harry Potter for adults because they swear. Oh, the swears. Sex. Oh my god. But oh my god. I know. But um I'm the, scandalized. Uh, I just want you I to know. know. But it's they it's can't also show that it's, on the sci-fi channel. It's for adults or the books. I'm talking specifically about the oh, books. Oh, okay, now, I yeah. Say. The books um are, are 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 more adult also in the sense that they that they deal with uh with grief in interesting ways. It's really is about grief. The trilogy trilogy is kind of in my eyes about grief. Um so the TV show I've been sort of avoiding because it was I was not confident that that could capture like kind of the essence of of the books and sure enough it hasn't at okay. all. It's really not concerned with what the books are concerned with at all and it's much closer to like an adult Harry Potter where they curse and drink and <laughs> smoke and stuff like that, but it's somehow very fun. The cast is very charismatic and like good. And like, I'm just like, I kind of like started doing it while I was like wrapping presents one day for Christmas. And then I was just like, I'm really enjoying this and actually now sit down and pay, like give it my full attention. Oh, that's cool. And the cast is like a lot of fun and it does like interesting things. And there's lots of like jokes that I think that I find very amusing. There's a point when they're in like this magical kingdom and they're, they're about to meet like, um, uh, uh, an emissary or they meet an emissary from another world and the, the emissary is talking about like how uh, the there's they're going to meet princess and they're so they're pre- they're prepared to meet you know the princess and it turns out that the, it's a dude whose name is prince s Very and good. just like dumb jokes That's like so that stupid there's like a talking sloth who just like murmurs it doesn't talk english he just murmurs in the ear of one of the advisors to the king and just like they interpret for it and they like always have like names for him like your slowness or something like that. it's just it's very it's dopey it's just dopey fun like kind of kind of like uh, it's just imaginative enough yeah that it reminds me that of like the fact that i'm sure that there's a lot of really good sci-fi and fantasy out there but i just don't interact with it a whole lot and this is just like the right amount and sort of goofy and it's like low fantasy so it's not like it's not it's still set in like new york for the most part that's fun yeah so i've been enjoying that magic yeah it's still room for it in your life it's true so uh did you fall in love with anything other than a video game i did well so i I was having your feelings about movies recently oh yeah movies suck this year of movies was rough man and i like a star is born (laughs) I saw the favorite and it was good. Yeah, I mean, like, I A Star Is Born is like kind of terrible, but the songs are great and I sort of like it. And for a movie, it was a you, it was an experience that you do not regret. Totally, yeah, yeah. Like I saw it, but it's hard not to also be like, this is not necessarily a good movie, right? Like this is not going to compete with the greats. Yeah. Uh, and then yesterday I saw a movie called Roma, the new Alfonso Cuaron, 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 Cuaron uh joint and it is a incredible movie <laughs> uh 
Like one of your favorite of all time? I don't know. I left it very emotionally drained. Like it's certainly that's a powerful thing. It was it was just a terrific movie. Um, so you want to go if you're willing to read because it is all in Espanol and also a different language, which is subtitled differently, hmm. um, which only certain characters speak. Uh, so you're going to be reading. It is. I like to read. Gorgeous, black and he, white. He shot it himself. I believe. Interesting. I did not know that. Uh, I, I knew that from the credits, but I didn't really like yeah. think about it. It's like this slow build of emotional intensity where there's just a scene in it that is whew, unlike anything. And it does, it is one of those weird things where it's like Alfonso Cuaron loves a long shot. And yeah. man, it feels in so many ways like he is just building to being able to do stuff like this, these sequences that he has in here that are just these long shots where they're, you don't even notice it. Yeah, in the watching of it, you're just so taken with the intensity of it, and then after the fact, I was like thinking back and kind of had a moment of, oh, you know, there weren't that many long shots, and then I realized that actually it's a series of very long shots, and I kind of hadn't even been cognizant of it. And isn't that the ideal? Yes, is that you, it is that you don't notice it until you consider it after the fact. Some but in of, the moment, you are so yeah yes. transported. Some of the acting in this is so naturalistic. It is unreal also there's a partner where they go to see a movie and uh well they do that a couple times but one of the movies they see is two astronauts in space (laughs) um and i was watching it and i was like is this because it's set in the 70s yeah i was like is this a real movie from the 70s and or did he also shoot this like 70s gravity Like yeah, I was gonna say because yeah, he made gravity. Or is this this. the movie that made him want to make gravity? Yeah, there's oh, that's such a satisfyingly layered. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and also like I am very curious about this movie because very highly billed is an effects person, Mm -hmm. and I mean obviously with gravity he did all sorts of stuff that people like. There's some story about gravity where Cameron said like you can't do that for another ten years. Yeah. And he went and figured out how to do it. Um. And I am curious about this movie because it looks expensive. Yeah. But it's Netflix money. It is. But at the same time, I kind of wonder if large parts of it are actually digital. Yeah. I, uh, especially because they're, they've reset it for, or they set it in the 1970s. So I wonder yeah. like how much of it was removal of. In in that David Fincher shoots Zodiac and like large parts of Zodiac yeah. aren't there because yeah. it's all 70s stuff. Uh, I, I think it might be in that kind and of And just vein. when you have someone who's like, I hate using this term, but a tur like you know someone like Alfonso Cuarón, like then maybe it actually looks good, or or Fincher, you know, like you can get away, you can get away with like digital effects that just are amazing, and just like really smart digital effects. Like if you've shot Gravity, you are because everything I've ever read about digital effects says they're they're pretty easy to make look good as long as you just really plan the shots and go like that is going to be digital mm-hmm. that is going to be digital and we there's very intensive planning and like an understanding of what's going to happen yeah and I mean, so if been... you've shot gravity you are good at that does the netflix logo come up at the yes. theater they show the netflix logo they do. is that weird is that surreal to see the netflix logo in a theater not in our dystopia